thank you for your support of Don't Look Under the Bed. We hope that you will subscribe, share, and rate the show. This week, Nikki and I shine the spotlight on a true hospitality hero. He is the director of the Hospitality and Tourism Management Program at Florida Atlantic University. His areas of expertise include guest service, customer satisfaction, hotel management, hospitality and tourism industry trends, hospitality education, management in casinos, country clubs, resorts, and restaurants. Nikki and I discuss with him the future of the hospitality industry, the staff shortage, and the wildly popular certificate in hospitality and tourism management that was offered at no charge. Please enjoy the show. Welcome back to Don't Look Under the Bed. We are so excited today about today's guest, Dr. Peter Ricci, Director of Hospitality and Tourism Management at Florida Atlantic University. I'm Nikki. And I'm Robin. Dr. Ricci is a highly amplified voice for hospitalitarians everywhere. In addition to his work as an educator at FAU, he is a much sought after keynote speaker with 30 plus conference proceedings, content creator of 20 or more and more articles and a published author. Welcome, Dr. Ricci. Thank you, welcome. I'm so happy to be with you. I even wore like I show you my Disney shirt. Woo-hoo. <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> my spouse is a Disney fan, so I have to represent. And That's uh, right. they're, they're the best in service, so I always represent. Thanks so much for inviting me. It's great to be here. I, um, you know, it's funny when people introduce me, it's always more on the education side but I've been in the business since I was 14 years old. I started as a dishwasher. So most of my career, all the way up till I did my doctorate around 37 to 40-ish was in the industry. So, you know, so I love, I really love the industry more than anything else in life. And now I get to teach about it. So it's, it's pretty cool. That That's, yeah, that's amazing. I, I, I myself, also, I'm very vested in our hospitality industry and the culture, and that kind of leads to, because I know you have so much good information to share with all of us, and for our listeners who may not be as familiar with you, um, please tell us about your hospitality journey. So I um, started in food and beverage in high school. Um, I was a dishwasher, like I said, at 14 when they announced it in high school on the on the. Uh, intercom that they needed workers and I wanted to get a job. Mm-hmm. I wound up getting a job with a very um, high-end restaurant group without realizing it. And I'm, <laughs> you know, I was super excited. I got promoted to busser after two months and that was a super big deal, which yeah. I never forget. And um, <laughs> the owner that I worked for, he had seven or eight very high-end restaurants in South Florida. And he took me under his wing and kind of groomed me for guest service. And I didn't realize it at the time. You know, um, I went to uh, Coconut Creek High School, which is a public school here in South Florida. 
And at that time, if you were in the top 20 students, you could get into the University of Florida. And I was 20th. I was always like the dumbest of the smart kids. That's how I always said it. So they were all going to UF, like 15 of them. So I just went with them. And I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, my parents had never graduated even from high school. I had one, uh, my oldest brother had gone to college but he was a theater fine arts major. And I knew that was nothing that I really was good at was creativity. So I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, and when I got to Gainesville at University of Florida, I kind of explored around. I did some business classes and then I did some Spanish classes. And I thought maybe about being a major in that. And the whole time I was working on campus in food service, I worked for um, what's called University Dining Services, but I think it's run by Aramark. Ah. So even there, the, the leader said, wow, you have such fine dining experience. I'm going to put you into events at the president's house and concerts. So I was kind of the liaison between the entertainers that would come perform at the O-Dome, which is their big concert facility. And I did events at the president's house. And, you know, I made great money during school, but I only wow. worked 20 hours a week all the way through. And they kept wanting me to do 40, 40, 40. So Hospitality was in my blood since then. Um, I read a book and I read a section about people who were lawyers in the travel business. And I thought that's what I would be interested in. So I reached out to one of the lawyers who was in the book. Um, this is, I guess I was 20 or so. And I had a nice phone call with him. Of course, this is back in the dark ages. So I had to send him a letter and set up a time on a call and all that kind of stuff. And he said, you know, you're more geared for operations. And I think you, I don't think you're going to like being an attorney. So of course, as a 20 year old, you don't listen to anybody. So I applied to law school. Um, I got accepted and I went to Georgia State in Atlanta for one semester and wow. I absolutely hated it. I was <laughs> like, law, the reading, and I should have known better because my senior year at UF, my work study job, in addition to food service, was reading law cases to a blind law student. Oh, and wow. it was so boring for me. It was so boring for him. And I should have known that I wouldn't like the, the law in terms of reading about it. But, you know, I didn't listen and I went away to school. And here I am in Atlanta with my bachelor's and in a semester. And I'm like, I guess I have to do hospitality. So <laughs> I applied at Delta Airlines. I, oh. um, I worked with them for six months. And then I went back to Gainesville and did my master's. And my master's is very interesting. It's in recreational studies which is where the tourism program was housed at UF. So okay. once I was back there, I did an internship for Marriott and I worked for a travel agency part-time. And uh, because I had worked at Delta, the, the station manager for Eastern Airlines, which is long gone, mm -hmm. had me do some in-flight surveys. So without realizing it, my whole first seven or eight years of work was nothing but hospitality, from banquets to restaurants to the travel agency to the airline. So after I got out of graduate school, um, my first two years I did incentive travel and I worked for a cruise only meeting in the incentive house, which was really fun because we did uh, reward programs for corporations on mm -hmm. cruise ships, which was a wow. blast. And then I, I was living in Miami and I had made some friends at the Convention and Visitors Bureau 
and they recruited me over there from the incentive job. So I worked at the CBB for uh, four years or so, four or four and a half years at the Greater Miami Convention and Visitors Bureau. I did uh, membership sales, and then I spent time in visitor services managing their visitor centers. And wow. one day, um, one day somebody said to me, oh, you know, you're so lucky. You wound up in destination marketing and you never worked in a hotel and suffered all the long hours like we did. And I was <laughs> like, I take that as a challenge. And so at, at, 25, at 25, I went to work in hotels and I stayed in hotels until I was 37 and left to go to grad school. I was a director of sales for a year an area director of sales for about six months, and then the rest of the time a GM and a regional vice president. And so I, wow. I love the hotel sector a lot. You know, the, the other piece is when I was at the Convention and Visitors Bureau, I was young 20s, and we got a call one day from Nova University, which is now called Nova Southeastern University. And they had just started a hospitality program and wanted to run a class in destination marketing. And the credentials to teach were a master's degree. And I was the only one at the CBB at that time that had a graduate oh. degree. So I started teaching part-time and that's how I fell in love with teaching on the side. Wow. And um, all the years I was a hotel general manager, I taught wherever I was opening new hotels. So I got wow. to teach in like 10 or 12 different schools while I was being a GM. And it was great because I re could recruit right from the classroom. So just a lifetime of hospitality. I mean, oh since then I've been in academia, you know, and it's just, just been a fun ride. Wow. It's totally in your DNA. And I think in all of our DNA, I mean, if, if you love it, you love it. And it's kind of like, I'm 30 plus years. It's kind of all I know and it's all I want to do. So, yeah. I mean, you've, you've had a robust, robust career. Yeah. That's you awesome. Have to I you tell have students to love all the time, it. you'll know if you love it right away or not, you know, and our university's main campus is in Boca Raton, Florida, which is a highly affluent city. Uh, a lot of retirees that uh, yeah. live in very nice country clubs, mm -hmm. high-end restaurants, resorts, and so very demanding clientele. So you'll know right away if it's, if your innate desire is to serve others and you want to be in this business. And yeah. um, if it clicks, Unfortunately, it stays forever or fortunately how you look at it. Mm -hmm. you, you can't get out. It drags you back. That's how I like to look at it. Absolutely. Well, and, and talking about the university, um, I, 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 I feel like we can't have this conversation and not talk about the travel and tourism certificate program that FAU offered last year. I myself was able to participate and complete the certificate, which is what led me to you. I'm like, this guy's amazing. You know, he's, you. <laughs> he's, he's all those things that as um, hospitality people that we all are, you know, our journeys are different, but we all, it's in our DNA and it's what we offer. But I understand that the program exploded to almost 80,000 uh, participants it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it was, it's an overwhelming thing. Like, you know, what happened was in the, my hotel life, I was good at fixing broken hotels that were underperforming or opening new hotels. Or I would go to hotels that we were selling and I'd babysit until we sold them. 
So I was used to having laying off lots of people and having them not know what was next. So when I saw COVID coming in January, I said, oh, this might be bad. In February, I was like, this is gonna get bad. And there was a, a grand opening of the Lay Meridian property near the Fort La greater Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport. And we were all there and we were all talking about COVID, what's gonna happen, this and that. So I went home and I told my spouse, you know, I have to do something about this because hospitality people are not good when their people are taken away from them. Yeah. You know, we're used to dealing with people every day constantly and we don't work well in silos. I mean, yeah, we have back of the house types in accounting and finance and engineering, but even those are more personable than the typical finance person or accounting because they have to deal with guests sometimes. Mm -hmm. So at Florida Atlantic University, our program's about 13 years old, maybe a little longer now, and we have a successful hospitality and tourism management certificate that we teach every summer in person on Saturdays. And we always have between 50 and 100 people it's been very well received and employers from all over South Florida send their associates every year. And I thought about it and I said, I wonder if I could take this, shrink it and put it online. So I went to the Dean of the College of Business and I said, you know, I'd like to do this because people are gonna start getting laid off and they're already starting to, and they're gonna have nothing to do. Are you okay if we do this as a service? And he said, I like the idea. Let me ask the provost, who's the chief academic officer at universities, and said, great, we're all about community engagement at FAU. It's part of our mantra. Um, we are the most diverse university in the state university system of Florida. We're known for that, and we're known for community engagement. So they both really liked the idea. Um, I reached out to my faculty, I reached out to information technology um, in our College of Business, and I reached out to Executive Education, who runs historically our program. We all got together and they said, well, why don't you float a survey by your current hiring employers and see if they're interested? So I sent a survey and I got about 30 responses the same day. Yes, we're already laying off. Yes, let's have them do something, etc." So we took the 40 hours of content that we usually have, we shrunk it down to 15, we produced it in about seven or eight days, and I reached out to high-level industry people, many of, of whom I did not know or had never talked to, and said, would you participate in a video? And I'd say 90% of them were on board almost instantly. And we wow. did some great videos. Um, but then it went viral on social media out of my hands. And we were expecting 100, 200. Within the first week, we had almost 2,000. Um, the phone started to flood. I was getting three or 4,000 emails a day. I had faculty members emptying out the voicemail, checking social media, and we couldn't keep up with it. Our university only has 30,000 students. And in the end, we had 77,000 people register for it, of which um, 60 something thousand, 65 or 66,000 fully completed it. And many people registered who weren't in hospitality and then said, oh, this isn't for me and opted out. So the ones who didn't complete it were just getting told by their friends, hey, do this great thing. And we had all 50 states, we had 165 countries, 
plus the U.S. It, it was just amazing. And it, in the height of it, um, I probably averaged three to 4,000 emails a day for about two months. And I am a super responder. So I respond to everything usually within 24 hours. I was exhausted. I'm sure. <laughs> oh my God. I, but I felt the love. I must yeah. have had in the end 15 or 20,000 written letters and thank you cards in the mail. I mean, wow. at one time I had half of an office full of cards. It was, it was just something that was amazing. So as it unfolded, I said, let's now take our whole certificate and put it online. And we used to charge $699 for attendees. We dropped it to $199 because we had so many donations from people who took the certificate. And now we're over 83,000 and I still have four or 500 in this section. Wow. So it's unbelievable, unbelievable. I, in, in the beginning uh, when I registered and I would, these emails would come and I was very surprised because they were from your personal email address <laughs> with your name. Yes, and they then, were. And then I would read them and I could see you typing them as I was reading them, like, do not send one more. <laughs> I get 10,000. It's in, in wow. my, in my mind, I'm, I'm like reading the email, you know, on the laptop, but I see it. I see you. And then I'm thinking, this is him. This isn't some automated <laughs> service this it is was a, me and there was and, like in the, in the first week I was like ah you know? <laughs> and I'm like wait deep breathe deep breathe you're a hospitality guy you have to be nice but I mean my email dings like everybody's when it comes in mm -hmm. and I had never heard the sound of <laughs> it was that many emails coming at one time and I was like, what is that? And they're like, oh, you're getting hundreds of emails at one minute. And I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, as, as bad as I wanted to hit reply, just reading, <laughs> just reading through your email, I thought, you know what? He's telling us exactly what we need to do. Here's the directions. Don't do it. I was like, just don't do it. Because the, the, tone, it. <laughs> the tone in the email, but I thought, I sure would like to talk to him, but I, I love and, it. but I had to tell myself, don't do it. Just don't do it. <laughs> I love it. You know, the best part of, for me taking this all away is that we, this was the first time ever that people all over the world were severed from their job and were just sure. on lockdown. Mm -hmm. So I felt so connected to the people and the people who took it felt so connected to me and we never met each other. Yeah. But right. it was because it was 15 hours of my faculty, me and our guests in your face, feeling hospitality that you were missing. So the timing was just something I could have never, ever planned for ever. It was yeah. just the most amazing thing. We, we wound up with over, 2 million comments or something like that. And at first when our systems kept crashing, because remember we had never <laughs> had this many students ever in the university. We didn't have the storage space mm -hmm. for videos. We didn't have the IT support. We didn't have a call center. Um, so I said, oh my gosh, we're gonna get bashed all over social media. And in the end, we had two negative comments out of 2 million. One wow. was that 
One, one was, I wish it was a longer thing. Please make it longer, which isn't really negative. And the other one is, oh, I signed up and this isn't for me. I don't want to work in hospitality. And to me, that really wasn't anything either. But the, the vast, huge majority were, wow, you kept me busy while I had nothing going on. Had I known COVID was going to be so long, I would have done the whole 40 hours up front. But putting it together in a week was out incredible. I mean, yeah. we were recording day and night. We had to be distanced. Uh, we had to have people come in. We had to buy video space. Uh, just overwhelming. But, but great. You, know? you have to be so proud to have that kind of response and people still interested, even when every day the news is telling you that, you know, 4 million hospitality, you know, professionals are out of work and they're, they're diving into other industries, you know, real estate and senior living facilities and, and all that. But you have a whole community of people that, are staying in the industry and they want to continue their education and they want to be still connected to hospitality. So Absolutely. that must, that must make you very proud to see. It's that. awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Because, yeah. you know, looking back, I was a kid in the seventies when they had the, the oil crisis. And I remember my dad having to wait in line and they were, there was on the news one day that they had just built hundreds of hotels along the U.S. highway system and nobody was going to drive anymore. And all those hotels were going to be out of business mm -hmm. because there was no gas. And then in the 80s, I remember that they took away the tax credit for hotels uh, for dining or something along that way. And they lost a lot of corporate business and they thought all the hotels were going to go down. And then there was the Persian Gulf crisis and 9-11 and I, we survived every blip. But yeah. this one was the first one that every part of the world was stopped in its mm -hmm. tracks. That's what made it so different. And I think a lot of people really had time to reflect on their careers during this time, yeah, which was sure. a first for many of them. And they were with their families for extended periods when we're usually working 50 plus hours a week. So that was different. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I will email you after we finish our chat, two very short videos about the certificate that you might want to include into the podcast if you can include videos. Absolutely. One of them, yeah. yeah, one of them we did. In the height of it, they invited me over to the office where they make videos on campus where I'd never been, and they asked me questions about it. The other one was a gentleman who works in Fort Lauderdale for a group that owns a lot of real estate and hotels, and he's also a general manager. And it's him on his LinkedIn feed showing the certificate one after the next after the next saying oh my god and he was one of the people we interviewed it's mm -hmm. only a few seconds mm -hmm. but it just shows for several days we were just the whole feed it yeah. was just really yeah. funny <laughs> really funny um, but you know i'm super proud of it um if you asked me 30 days in i would have been like ah but, <laughs> yeah. i'm super happy about it <laughs> well i'm looking forward to it because it comes back i see it comes back in june Mm -hmm. So I'm going to register for, um, for the next one. Um, awesome. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. What is your hope that people take away 
from it and, you know, you know, hope, and in order to benefit from the certificate? I, well, it, the certificate in general that we do is an overview. It's kind of like a miniature snapshot of a bachelor's in business in hospitality. So yeah. there's a little bit of law, a little bit of guest service, a little bit of finance, a little bit of marketing and revenue management, and a little bit in the new one of sustainability and uh, food and beverage and farm to table. There's a little snapshot of everything, country okay. clubs, casinos. It's kind of to whet your appetite if you're working in the business and you have no formal education maybe it whets your appetite to consider formal education. Mm -hmm. Or you're like many of us that wound up in the business without a degree in hospitality yeah. and you wanna see what they teach in it. Or you're thinking of going for your master's or you just wanna continue educating yourself regularly. So it, it, we update it every two years and June is our last run of this, this module. Mm -hmm. And um, thanks to the goodness of the people all over the world, we still have $50 scholarships to offset the 199, which we already wow. reduced. So we, oh, wow. we are giving them out to anyone who asks me. And for 149 bucks for a 40 hour course, it is so worth it. We That's phenomenal. Yeah, we interviewed leaders in pretty much every segment of the industry. And what's really funny in the run right now that we have out of the 400, 300 of them are people who did the 15 hour one that wanted the full version. So wow. even, you know, so that shows me that people are still interested in what we put out and they want to see the new videos and the new interviews. Of course, our business is changing every month, um, pretty much every week. And everybody's wanting to know what's next. Um, you know, I have a great research team at FAU. And from these millions of comments, I started to see about five months ago that we were going to have issues with hiring as we came out of COVID mm. because I was mm -hmm. reading these one after the next after the next. Yep. And there's some themes that emerged and sure enough, they're here now. And it's very, very strange how prescient it was that I was like, wow, we're going to be in a disastrous mode come, you know, summer of 2021 because as we come out of this, we won't we won't have enough staff. <clears throat> so talk about why that is. I've heard lots of chatter about the staff shortage and that, okay, people are waiting until their unemployment runs out or people don't trust the hospitality industry anymore or, you know, people have just, uh, they're pivoting to other, to other industries. What, do you attribute the shortage to? And yeah. uh, I've seen managers and hospitality uh, companies offer the $20 an hour for all staff, which is huge. So what, what's the answer, Dr. Ishii? Well, it's so funny you say that because if that was a multiple choice test, it would be E, all of the above. <laughs> um, you know, the, theme, the themes are really funny. Um, and funny, not in, in laughter funny, but funny and odd. Um, there was a small contingent that was very vocal about not wanting to come back to the business because they could be exposed in the future to some massive virus or disease or contagion. And it was very small and it was before we had the vaccine, but they, there were people who were concerned about in the future working with the traveling public. That was one small group that I saw. 
Another group was, I've never had this much time to work remote or be remote and be with my family and have work-life balance that this has changed my mind on this industry. So that was a decent sized group. Um, there is a group, I'd say about 10%, 15% that are super bitter with the industry. Um, paragraph and pages and pages of why I'm mad at, you know, I don't want to really throw names out, but I'm mad at Marriott. I'm mad at Disney. I'm mad at JetBlue. I'm mad at garden restaurants. They're mad at it. They were mad at every brand you could think of, but not everybody, you know, but the, the one, the one that stood out to me was a husband and wife, um, that started the day after college. They met in college. They got married. They started, uh, they've worked 31 years uh, for the largest hotel company, and they were both laid off uh, about two weeks into this with really no severance or anything, and they felt super betrayed. Um, I've given 30 years of my life, so has my wife. This is ridiculous. Um, it's all about Wall Street. Where are our reserves? Why can't you float us for three months? Why can't you pay us 20% of our salary? These comments were throughout the million that plus that we had. So there is a group that was very bitter about hospitality. There's another group that gravitated to these remote jobs that became available during the pandemic, whether it was Chewy.com, the pet food place, or Amazon, or call centers, and they're happy. Um, and then when we started hiring back, the stimulus and unemployment money is really almost a better deal for many people who work at our lower levels. So they don't have to pay to, trans to, to park. They don't have to pay for gasoline. They don't have to pay for daycare. I mean, when you, all things considered, they are sitting and waiting for the right time. And the problem with that is come September, October, when this, when this all stops in terms of unemployment benefits, we may not have the jobs. So I know, I know both of you worked until the end when you had a skeleton crew. What's happening now is there are skeleton crews again because they can't find the hourlies. So mm. I, um, I post jobs for our students and our alumni as a labor of love. I do it every day. I get emails. I send them out. I am averaging about 50 to 200 emails a day. And everyone is desperate for staff from Hawaii, from Michigan, from France, from the Caribbean. They just cannot find them to the point where people are shutting down outlets. Um, there's a new restaurant that opened here in Fort Lauderdale a month ago. They've had to now be closed on Mondays and Tuesdays because they don't have enough staff to cover all seven days. Um, it's, it's incredible. And we were all super worried about the minimum wage increase. And that's gone out the window because yeah. I have front desk agents being paid $18. One of them's at $20. I had the highest one I've had so far is $22. And if you're going to get anybody, it's not even the money. It's and not the money the, anymore. Right. It's not. And the sign-on bonuses are everywhere yeah. to the point where I've had some nameless students who told me they took a line cook position and got a $500 sign-on bonus. And three weeks later, they quit and took one across the street and got a $1,000 sign-on bonus. There's no conditions with many of them. 
Wow. So, so someone who's smart and creative is going to work it. And I'm like, oh, that's not really the best thing for your resume. No. Please don't do that. But they're like, cha-ching, you know, and I, I have to understand how I was as a tipped person in my team. Mm-hmm. You know, I was all about the money because I'm paying for school. I'm paying for my books. I'm paying for my car. That's going to be damaging to the industry. So I don't yeah. think the sign-on bonuses without contingencies are a great idea at all. Um, no. But what remains to be seen from all this, we put together a massive research study. Um, we, we deliver American Hotel Lodging Association was kind enough to allow me to distribute it through all their state partners. We sent it to all the 70,000 people on our listserv from the certificate. All of our employers sent it out. So we sent it out to about 40,000 people and we have over a 10% response rate. I think we're about 5,000 and we're going to wow. close that soon. And then we'll formally have the results be exactly what I It's anyone I talk to in any part of the country has the same themes. Um, you know, right now is a great time to be a student. Let me tell you, you can have your pick of jobs. I was going to ask about that for the students that are coming in, new hospitality professionals. How do you ignite the spark in them when all they've been seeing is, oh, COVID this and layoffs and furlough and, um, you know, that sort of thing? How do you keep them engaged? You know, it's interesting you ask that because I have a unique perspective of living in South Florida. Our governor, like your Texas governor, wanted everything open earlier. So we, we bounce back a lot faster than I've heard other places. And our university is within 90 miles of probably 5,000 hospitality employers. So many of these students never really felt the bump that they would in other parts of the country. And we require a thousand hours of work hours before you can graduate with your bachelor's. I thought for sure some students were gonna come forward and tell me they couldn't earn their hours because of COVID. I've had zero. So, you know, either they were working all the way through before and had enough hours or they got right back on the horse as soon as we could open again. So, you know, like we said at the beginning, if it's in your blood, you're gonna be in the business. My, my fear is that our enrollments will go down across the country and across the globe because of the tainted image that hospitality has mm-hmm. at the same time that we're rebounding as an industry and need people and probably have more jobs than we ever had before. I think the pace will be a little weird where the enrollments will drop for a year, then they'll hear about all the great job offers in hospitality and the enrollments will come back up because enrollments nationally um, and the number of programs nationally have grown in my lifetime considerably. I mean, you back in the day, all you knew was Cornell and, and that right. was the name brand. And now every state has multiple hospitality programs and there are many good ones, you know, from in Florida, we probably have six or seven good ones alone. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting. The, 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 the thing that I tell any future student is to study hospitality in a business school environment, which is the more modern trend in higher education. Because with a bachelor's in business degree, with a bachelor of business administration degree, 
and the people skills that you learn in a hospitality major, you can go anywhere. That's why our mm -hmm. students haven't suffered. They've gone to Bank of America and become a relationship manager. They've gone, gone to Costco and gone into retail. They've gone to Publix, which is our very big grocery chain, grocery chain here in Florida. They've found jobs in all kinds of businesses that want a business education, but like people skills. So when times get rough and the economy does its usual cycles or another pandemic or a crisis, they can still find a job in something using their skill. You know, both of you are hoteliers. So you know those skills can be used anywhere, whether it's banking or it's, you know, it's a consumer goods or it's a call center or, or it's a hospital. We have a lot that go into patient, um, patient relationships. So they yeah. go work at hospitals and they work in the patient relationship management department. Um, so the, the, the skills, they'll get jobs. It'll just, it'll just be a little different world is what right. I'm saying. Right. Yeah. And that's a good point. The, the skills are very transferable. You know, if you, if you deliver great customer service, that's what you do. And then that is recognized by anyone that comes into contact with you. So there is, um, and, and that's a good way to think about it. When we talk about the future, you know, generation of hospitality professionals. So that, that's a great way to look at that. I mean, we have, we have an entrepreneurship major in the College of Business and many of those students minor in hospitality because they want to be a charter boat captain. Well, mm -hmm. you're going to have passengers, you're going to manage the revenues. Mm -hmm. They want to open a retail store. Well, guess what? You're going to have customers every day. You know, they want to open a restaurant. So, you know, studying in the business school model is the one thing in my background I wish I would have done better. Uh, my bachelor's is in sociology, mm. my master's is in recreational studies, and my doctorate is in educational leadership. And I did educational leadership because I wanted to go into academic administration. And I knew the hospitality business, but I didn't know academia. Well, the part that I'm missing when I got out of my master's and worked in hotels they were throwing star report at me, flow through, gross operating profit. And oh, I'm yeah. like, uh, I couldn't Google in my time. So <laughs> I had to learn it, you know? And our students come out, they've taken accounting, they've taken finance, they've taken organizational behavior, they've taken human resources, they've taken hospitality law. Okay, you're a bachelor's graduate. You're not expert in everything, but you've had a taste of what business is and you get that hospitality is a business. It's no different from any other. It's right. just that we um, have a lot more people involved. We deal with and through people, but our goal is still a profit at the end of the day. So mm -hmm. I think had the hospitality school model been more in the business schools when I went through college, it would have been much better for my career path. And I see that with our alumni, they struggle far less than I did. And they move up a lot faster than I did. Um, and that's, that, that's rewarding to me, it's promising. You know, I, I'm 55, I wish I could go back now and be 18 because then I would try casinos and cruise lines and different parts <laughs> that I haven't tried, but I'd still yeah. be in hospitality. I'd still be in hospitality, you know? Yeah, I feel the same way, it's like, uh, I remember when I first started out, I would always, Nikki and I would always talk about this and we'd always tease that we're in the witness protection program and you have the opportunity to go anywhere in the world to work. You so, do. you know, you can go to, I mean, I always wanted to go and work, uh, you know, at a resort 
in Phoenix or, you know, in San Francisco or uh, New York, Times Square, you know, you, you have the opportunity to do that. And, um, you know, I've worked at uh, mostly Houston, but also I've worked in Los Angeles, which was great. But, you know, to say that you worked at the resort in Hawaii or, you know, what are the, you know, or in Dubai, I mean, that's huge. So Absolutely. I wish I could go back at, you know, at 18 or 20 and, and travel the world and work at some of these, um, some of these properties. So, yeah. I agree. Yeah. And, you know, we get job postings today. I posted something for a company called Jim Ellis Management, which I had not heard of. They manage um, pools and water parks. So oh. the large pools <laughs> in different communities. And they posted jobs all over Texas, all over Hawaii. And I had never heard of them. Interesting. And so if I was, you know, if I was 19 and you could offer me a job for 18 bucks an hour to go in Hawaii for a couple of months, hello, yeah. why not? Hello, <laughs> I'm on my way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Let me ask you this. As everybody is reopening and there's this staff shortage and that, uh, what is the message that we want to give to potential travelers and guests to kind of be nice, be a little patient with us because we're not all the way there yet. You know, I just came back from Vegas and uh, I met with the front office supervisor and he was totally burnt out. You know, he says, Robin, I'm working 40 hours a week here at the desk. I'm working 25 hours in housekeeping. Mm. I am totally burnt out. The hotel is full and I just need to breathe. What do we tell, you know, how do we keep the staff motivated, one? And then what's the message to travelers and clients that are chomping at the bit to get out? You know, here, here again in South Florida, they're already out. Yeah. And uh, they're paying the highest rates they have in a long time. So they're already expecting high, high service and they're not very tolerant. You'll see all over LinkedIn and Facebook, be kind. Um, our hotel short staff, our restaurant is short eight servers. Most people get it and they're just happy to be back in the groove. And I, and I will tell everyone, if you're out, just take a deep breath. You know, um, if you're in line at the cage at the casino and it's 40 minutes instead of 30 minutes, you know, take a deep breath. We will get back. If you're at a restaurant, I mean, I go to a local deli. They've been short for a while. I just work on my computer and do stuff. Uh, but I have seen some of the guests just expect that we'll be back to what we were instantaneously. And that's, that's, it's impossible. It's impossible. It, it is. Um, it is. And they know from the news that everybody's struggling to hire. They know from the, you know, the regular paper, the, the online news, the TV news, they see it, they get it. Um, I was at, the Hard Rock Casino in Hollywood on Sunday. And I happened to know the president there who's amazing. And uh, I took a photo of him of the long line of the cage. And I said, not griping, just letting you know, how are you doing? And he said, we're still short 400 associates. So if, and, and business volumes are higher than ever expected. So when you have high business volumes and you're still short 400 associates, uh, the combination isn't bode well for excellence and guest service, you know, but they do the best job and their employees are smiling. And I have seen, you know, most of my colleagues um, doing whatever they can for the employees. 
Um, some hotels are just not cleaning every room because they don't have the staff. So they're letting staff stay there. Um, they're trying to feed them. They are paying better. So they're doing whatever they can. I don't know how long that can go on. I also don't know how long it can go on that we pay $20, $18 for a front desk agent that was paying 12 pre-COVID. I mean, you know, the whole industry was in a terror state that we were going to raise minimum wage slowly over time to $15. Well, we got there at lightning speed and passed it. So there has to be some innovative, creative answers to the higher wages, because now that people are receiving them, they're going to demand them. And our, you know, we can't um, maintain the high rates forever. Right now, people are maintaining high rates because everyone wants to come back out. They have fewer rooms to sell, so they're managing revenue quite a bit. Um, I, had a, I had a joking conversation with one of my alumni on uh, Facebook the other day. He's uh, an area revenue manager. And I said, oh, how lovely for you. Now you have all these revenues to manage. No wonder I can't get a room. And he said, it's delightful. And yet they were managing revenues all the way through, but now they have a lot of revenues to manage again. So it's an interesting, you know, to anyone who's new to the business, we go through these cycles regularly, whether it's a recession, whether it's a terrorist attack in a certain area, whether it's, um, you know, an earthquake or a hurricane, but it's never been global and it's never been so massive. That's why there's just utter change in the world ahead this time, because I, I, I say it over and over, it's because people had time to reflect on their lives. They sure. were in lockdown sure. with their loved ones. And yeah. they reflected. And not all of that reflection turned around and said, you know what, I want to be back managing that desk. You know what, I want to be back in my server role. A lot of people just said, hey, it's time for a change. That's, that's normal, you know? Yeah. It's normal. So let me ask you this. With uh, all this downtime, everybody's had to have an opportunity to um, reflect and retool what is it about the hospitality playbook that um, companies can take advantage of now and kind of uh, reimagine or revolutionize? What is it that, that they can do now while it's, you know, before everything comes back? I think um, probably the best thing is improve safety and sanitation. I mean, those practices and procedures will now be here for the long haul. Right. Um, one thing I'm not a fan of is that every time we have a crisis, we always emerge with fewer staff than we have before. And, mm. you know, in my lifetime, a student will never know what a front desk was like when I was an intern. Right. With a yeah, separate... Right. PBX switchboard operator mm -hmm. and a front desk agent at every station that had a computer yeah. and an assistant front office manager and a front office manager and a relief manager. All those roles slowly disintegrated after each crisis when we had to be more cost effective and more efficient. But at the same time, guest demands are increasing at lightning speed. So yeah, sure. there's a, there, there's a, a confluence of necessary technological improvements and enhancements and efficiencies on the staff side. So I think the employers will capitalize on 
these the sanitation protocols and cleanliness that they got out of the pandemic mm -hmm. and the efficiencies that they are getting out right now as we come back. And hopefully the pendulum will go this far and then it'll swing slightly to here and we'll be back to a new normal. But um, there are people finding new methods of efficiency and you know, just think of the permission of letting people work remotely. Before we were sure. like, no, 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 no. You're not gonna work. You're just gonna sit home and watch Netflix. You know, well now it's like, hey, I got my job done. I can do it. If I'm a controller, maybe I only need to be in three days a week. Mm -hmm. So there'll be efficiencies, there'll be flexible schedules. Um, some good things will come out of this as they always do after every crisis. Sure. But uh, the cleanliness initiatives, whether it's Hilton, whether it's Seminole Gaming, there are some amazing ones out there mm -hmm. that are here to stay because cleanliness has always been our top thing with safety and security. So now, you know, think about it. You've been to Universal and Disney recently. Mm -hmm. when, I, when I go, I'm like, ah, oh, I used to touch that bar on the, on <laughs> yes. the train. There'd been 500 guests before me. Now it's wiped. Oh, it should have always been wiped. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, but that costs money. Yeah. And it costs right. labor. So I think cleanliness will be noticed by everyone going forward, um, just to make sure that it's up to the status that they expect post COVID. I don't think that's gonna fade away very quickly at all. Wow. Wow. Take it away, Nikki. I've, I've been talking a lot already, so. <laughs> well, no, I just, I mean, just so much good information shared yeah. here with all of us and, um, Truly, um, you know, I guess if, if we had to wrap things up, I would probably ask, um, you know, what, it, what is it that makes you most hopeful about hospitality as we find our way back to our, to our normal? Well, you know, I, I always say this when people ask that question. I look back on my whole life and I don't think I've been out of work for more than two or three weeks. Um, hospitality just has a way to keep you employed. And if you don't like hotels, you might like restaurants. If you don't like restaurants, maybe you like the catering side of the business, or maybe you like events, or maybe you wanna try working at an airline. Um, you know, when students tell me they can't find a job, I call BS because I'll go right on hcareers.com and see 6,000 jobs posted that very day. So I'm like, if you're flexible and you will move a little bit, maybe geographically in the beginning, um, but hospitality is resilient. And I'm hopeful because since the 1950s, when air travel became common, there's not any decade where people haven't traveled more than the decade before. And that's mm -hmm. not going to go away. We all thought when the internet came, oh my God, we're not going to need to travel. But now we have friends in other places. It makes us want to travel more. We thought we're going to Zoom. We're not going to have live events. Well, guess what? We're going to Zoom and have live events too because we still want to see each other in person. So there's no time that I can ever think of where people don't want to travel. I mean, using South Florida as the example right now, the hotels are bombarded. Even if you only live 10 miles away, everybody wants out of the house because that's where they've been for too long. So if that's not promising and hopeful. I don't know what is. If I, if I were 17 year old in high school, I'd be wanting to study hospitality right now for the next two years. It's going to be a banner year for finding jobs. 
So that's what makes me hopeful, you know? That's awesome. I have one last question before we wrap up. Um, what is a question that you don't get asked that you want to answer? <laughs> you know, one of the things I never get asked is um, uh, what, what it takes to be a hospitality person. Very few people ask that. They just go into it sometimes thinking it's all fun and games and they can travel. Um, and I wish more students would ask that when they come in. Mm -hmm. What is it that makes a hospitality person himself or herself? And I always say, if, if somebody does ask, which is so rare, I say, you know, how are you as a person? Do you like interacting with others? Do you care about people and animals and the world? Are you the kind of person who holds the door when you're at the grocery store for the person behind you? Do you say good morning to random people at Dunkin' Donuts oh, just yeah. because that's your nature? Yeah. You know, so it, you'll know if you're the caregiving kind of person. Um, and they don't ask that enough. They mm -hmm. just kind of jump into the business. I think a lot of young people think, oh my God, hospitality, I'm going to go to Disney for free. I'm going to fly for free. <laughs> and they forget that- They look at the perks. Very wealthy yeah. doctor and lawyer, <laughs> you know, and pay for the travel as well, you know, so- I think you have to get into the business for the right reasons. And I wish more people would ask that question. Like, what are the right reasons to be in hospitality? Um, and that's the question I don't get asked enough. Yeah, that's awesome. That was a great question. I've never had that. That's cool. <laughs> Any final thoughts? Where can we find you? Oh, yes. Let me put in the chat for anybody that wants to read. My email is hospitality at fau.edu. Let me make sure okay. I type it correctly. Hospitality at fau.edu. It's Florida Atlantic University. Got it. You can email me anytime. And I promise <laughs> I will get back to you. Because now I'm, now I'm back to my two to 300 emails a day. And I do those just fine. Oh Four or 5,000, a little much. But the three, 400, <laughs> no problem. Um, you know, and, and people have reached out from the certificate about their kids doing their college. We've had people enroll for their bachelors. We've had people in the MBA. We had people ask questions, you know, about their career paths. Anything is fine. Just run it by me because it's just my opinion, but I'll give you my, my two cents worth and try to see if I can help you in some way. So I'm happy to reach out to anybody who um, reaches to me, you know, I'll reach right back out. And um, of course, if you're on LinkedIn, you can connect. I never used it before. And now I have lots of followers from the certificate <laughs> that we chat and we talk about hospitality and, and I love it. It's just very, very cool. So that is wonderful. I will definitely send the two of you the two very short video links so you can share. Please, them, absolutely. Right? Please. It's I, been a pleasure. I tell you, you, you are just a gem. Uh -huh. You know, and just really um, the work that you do and the work that you've done, it's just, it's so meaningful and it's very powerful. And um, I actually heard about the program from someone else. Somebody sent me a link. And then by the time I registered and sending it, it was already full, <laughs> but I, I had no it, it's, it was, it's truly been one of those times where I had absolutely no idea what I was getting. And, yeah. and I can truly say 
thank you. It was thank totally you. amazing experience. You make me all and, red in my face. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, pre- the presenters were, I mean, everyone was so top of the line. I kept yeah, looking. I agree. I kept and looking they came, at and they, they just responded like it was nothing. If you do the second one that has newer videos, you'll be equally impressed. These are yeah. people who reached out on LinkedIn, who are VPs, who are presidents, who are bosses of someone who, who are 20 people who took the certificate. I mean, just and, and it's just hospitality. That's how they are. Yeah. And, you know? and I think and this is something that I've learned since we've been doing the podcast is you never realize how much you know or how much you have to share and how many people want to hear it you know that is that is something that you know I've I've learned through this process but and it's it's the same thing I was watching the videos and I mean my mind just closes when it comes to numbers and graphs and charts and I got to that revenue management segment and I was like I get it. I understand. (laughs) And I mean, I'm like a 20 plus year hotelier. And I was like, you know, what kind of magic was that? Me too. I don't get it either. The finance is so hard. You know, it's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. So you just, I mean, you just never know where it's going to come from or who it's going to come from. So thank you. This has been, I mean, wonderful, wonderful. Dr. Rishi, thank you so much for being our hospitality hero. You are so awesome. And we're so happy to meet you and to be able to speak with you and get all of your expertise. Um, We just really, really thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you so much. And anybody that watches or listens, just please reach out anytime. It's so nice to meet you both. Have a good weekend, okay? You as well. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. We thank you for listening to Don't Look Under the Bed. You can continue to support the show by subscribing and sharing. Hospitality. That's our business.